Welcome everyone to the chat. I'm coming to you from the beautiful city of Columbus, Indiana. My name is Nida Evans and I am the host for the chat. It airs each Saturday morning from 9 to 10 o'clock on radio station WYGS and it can be live streamed from its website. The chat is also available on podcasts through Google, Apple, and Spotify. My guest today for the chat is Jenny Devening. Jenny and her husband, Justin, are the owners of Devening Builders. We'll be right back with the chat. My guest today for the chat is Jenny Devening. Jenny and her husband, Justin, are the owners of Devening Builders. Welcome to the chat, Jenny. So glad to have you today. Looking forward to this chat with you. Let's start by, will you tell us about your family? Okay. Um, well, let's see. Start at. <laughs> so um, my family, I guess I'll start with my grandparents. My family kind of moved here from around Benham, Hazard County of Kentucky. Um, my, my grandfather came here with International Harvester, and then they slowly moved to Columbus with Filter Queen and started the vacuum shop here in town called Carter Sweeper Cells. Mm -hmm. So my mom and uncle still run that. Um, Justin and I, Justin, my husband, grew up across the street from one another um, from the time that I was in seventh grade. And so we obviously went on to marry, and we have one beautiful daughter um, named Callie, and she's married to a young man named Clayton. Um, and we have a grandson that is in heaven named Bo. And so that's our, our little family. Will you tell us about your work? Yes. Um, so Justin has always been involved in construction in one form or another. And he always thought about starting a business, but was a little bit reserved when it came to the administrative side of that. And um, so I think he was a little reluctant to step out on his own, but I always believed him and knew that he could do it. So I just kept encouraging him that uh, he was more than capable and kind of came alongside him to do the administrative portion of that. So in 2007, um, we did have a partner at that time and we started, uh, it was actually called Devening and Web Builders then. Mm -hmm. And then in 2015, um, our partner went on to buy out a home inspection business. And then Justin and I continued on with the um, building and it became Devening Builders. And so um, we've just been very blessed to have um, a business that provides for us and allows us to be a blessing to other people as well also. Do you just do that area in this area here? Um, we do. We are mostly um, Bartholomew County. Occasionally we have uh, gotten into Brown County a little bit, um, but those two counties, we like to stay really local. Um, it's just a great way to um, for people in the community to know who you are and what you're about rather than spreading out too much and, <laughs> and spreading yourself too thin. Yeah, that can so, happen easily. Yes. Will you tell us your testimony? Now, I'm really excited about this because I want to hear about your walk with Christ. And so let's start with your testimony. Okay. Um, so when, my, when I was five years old, my dad, um, he was battling a lot of personal demons. Um, he was diagnosed as bipolar and multiple personality. So at five years old, I remember he left. He was a truck driver. And um, I really don't even know where he went. I just know he left and my parents ended up getting a divorce. And my mom obviously had two little ones at the time. I was five. My brother would have been about three. And so she, we were living in New Whiteland. 
And she moved in with my grandparents here in Columbus and started working at the vacuum shop. But she was very distraught. And I remember her spending a lot of time um, on the sofa watching television ministers. I mean, she was she was grasping on to something to, um, I guess, just give her peace and a foundation for what she, she was moving through at that time. So as a little girl, I'm watching her, and I just remember feeling upset, too, because it was a situation that was out of my control. Um, but through her watching those television ministers and watching her walk with faith, I remember at probably eight or nine, um, sitting on the couch with her, and I asked her, you know, Mommy, how do I become a Christian? And and she told me, well, you have to ask the Lord into your heart. And so she walked me through that. And at that point is when I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. Um, years later, when I met my husband, he was involved in church because we really didn't go to church when I was young. Um, so Jesus was kind of always there, but not really in the forefront. Um, so when I met my husband and he's going to church, I met Dick Yetton, the minister at the church that he was attending. And... Um, I would say that Dick Yetton was really foundational in just explaining to me what it meant to be a Christian. And so he baptized me at the age of 18. Mm. Um, probably, I guess it would have been probably a year or two before Justin and I married then. So, mm-hmm. um, But that was a, that's kind of my testimony of how I came to the Lord and came to know about Jesus. So your mother played an integral part. Oh, oh yes. I mean, yes. Um, so looking back, I mean, that is just one of the the memories that's just ingrained to my mind is I just remember sitting on that sofa with her watching those television ministers. Mm. And, you know, at that moment I wanted to part of what was going on too. Wow. We never know. We don't. I mean, even at a young age, it's, it's, you know, you look back and think, well, you can't make uh, really foundational decisions like that at an age that's so young, but it just made an impact Mm -hmm. on me. Mm -hmm. But it can, it can. And, And I hear so many, People say that what they learned and how they came to know Christ many times was when they were just little. Yes, yes. And I guess it's what we're what we're surrounded by and what we're witnessing going on in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, it just becomes a very important piece of making us who we are. God uses it all to yes. make an impact, doesn't he? He does. Well, when we come to know Christ, many times he gives us a passion to get involved in some area, and it could be, oh, so many things. Has God given you a passion? I would say I have a strong passion for family, Um, and part of that may be that I look back thinking how my dad did leave our family, and I just it was just a void that was there. I always longed to have a dad that was around. You always hear about daddy's little girl, that Mm -hmm. kind of thing, and that was never my reality. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes that would hurt when I would see other families have that relationship between mm-hmm. a dad and a daughter. And so I think when I married and even probably before then, I always just had this hunger for, I just, I want family. I want to be about the family. I want something that feels complete and whole in the way that it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say that that's kind of that's kind of my driving foundation in life is, are the decisions I'm making still supporting what I want? my family to be about Mm -hmm. or my availability Mm -hmm. to my family. Mm -hmm. So that what a tremendous passion to take care of your own and see your own come to know Christ. And even I remember when our daughter was in elementary school, there was a little boy whose father was in jail. Um, I'm not sure what for, but he was being 
raised by his grandmother. And so I was the kindergarten classroom mom. Mm -hmm. And I just remember this little boy in particular because he would act out a lot of times and get in trouble. But I knew it was just because Mm -hmm. he was craving that attention too. He was also a lost little boy that did, felt like he didn't really have a whole family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, his mother left him when he was just an infant. So she wasn't even in the picture. And so um, even at, through the years, I would just kind of keep tabs on what this kid was doing. Aww. And I remember in middle school in seventh grade, he was sitting in the principal's office and I said, Oh, what happened? And he said, well, I'm not doing my homework. And I thought at that point, grandma was very ill, not able to really keep tabs on him. And I'm sure he just was aimless. And so I just told him, I said, I want you to remember that you are an important person and you are capable of doing these things mm-hmm. and you can become whatever you want to be. Don't let other things hinder you. I just remember feeling like even beyond my own family, I just wanted to make sure that he knew that he was seen Mm -hmm. too and loved. You have such empathy for others because of what you experienced as a child, huh? Yes. Well, I'm curious, what are two areas in your life where God is working on you to make you more like Jesus? Oh my, I would say probably being more selfless. I try to do that and I think I do that well sometimes, but I also I also forget and get consumed with um, just different things that I want to do mm-hmm. and let them take precedence sometimes instead of, in the back of my head I'll know, okay, I need to reach out to this person, I need to make a phone call and then I just let other things distract me and I don't do it and I probably, so I definitely need to work on being more selfless and, and that respect for a second thing oh my goodness I would probably being more patient Mm. um, with people and and I mean that in a way of not necessarily with time but patience as in accepting people where they are probably being less judgmental because they have their own walk that they need to travel through to maybe get to where God wants them to be. So instead of trying to push and and say, well, you should, maybe you should be doing this or shouldn't be doing that, just letting them have their own walk. That's part of it, isn't it? Yes. That's part of it. You mentioned patience. Yes. (laughs) I think that's probably one of the top areas Um, in all human beings. Yes. Is we struggle with having patience. Oh, my goodness, yes. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think about the chat theme song, which is a, a song that, that says stepping out. And in that song, it talks about God wanting us to get out of the boat of faith and trust him. That's that's his goal with each of us. He wants each of us to trust him more and more day after day. Are there any areas in your life where God has asked you to step out of the boat of faith and trust him. Yes, um, I would, and I go back to actually this radio station. Um, Justin and I had been in church one Sunday, and our preacher was ministering on, uh, "Are we using our gifts for the glory of God?" And on the way home, I told Justin, I said, "I just feel like I'm supposed to be doing something with devotions." And I'd kind of dabbled with writing here and there all through the years, but but never really thought about devotions as a way to write. So Justin and I happened to be in here um, helping with Sherathon answering phones. It was the first time we had helped, so I didn't know Jim. I didn't really know anybody here. I was kind of quiet, how I am at first. And so um, at the end of the week, Jim pops out of his little office, and he says, so sis, have you ever thought about doing devotions? (laughs) And I'm not somebody to put myself out there at all. I'm content to be in the shadow. I'm content to uh, be behind the scenes. 
that kind of thing. So when he said that, it was just kind of, it was almost like God just sending me a flashing sign. Okay, you you felt the nudge, it's been confirmed, so you need to step out and do this. So I did. Um, I probably did it for six or seven months consistently, and then I just kind of got to a point where it felt like nothing was really coming to fruition for me. I would try to sit and think, and it just wasn't happening. So I think sometimes we need to realize that some of the things that God asks us to step out of the boat for can just be for a season. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe it comes back again later. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it's important, I think, just to, if you feel that nudge and that prompting to do it, because there is great blessing in it, not just for yourself, but even for others. God uses that in the lives of others when we do whatever it is that God wants us to trust him for. Yes. I want to talk about your prayer life now. Do you have a special place that you go to to pray each day, or do you just pray in different places? Tell us about that. Well, I um, every morning I get up um, about 5.30, thanks to my three beautiful doggies, and um, so they do their little thing and go potty and feed them. And then I come in and I sit on my sofa and it's just nice, quiet time. And the three dogs are at my feet. I'm able to just read my Bible, pray and kind of prepare for the day. Um, And then Justin gets up about an hour later. So it's just nice, quiet time. That's just, just my time um, before the day gets started. And, and I really like that. If I can't do that, I I'm not always the sweetest person throughout the day. So. <laughs> I don't think any of us are the sweetest person yeah. in times like that. Right. <laughs> well, will you take us through a day from the morning when you wake up to bed at night? Can you just tell us about your prayer life oh, all yes. during the day? Take, yes. take us through a day. So I'm very, um, I'm, I'm very conversational with God in prayer. Um, So I I get up in the morning, like I said, with my dogs, and then I have my time on the sofa. And that's kind of when I read the Bible. I um, will do a gratitude journal. um, Mm. And I started that Mm. actually just before our daughter had her baby. She that Christmas, she had given me a journal. And I thought, you know, I've always done journals about what I've done through the day or that kind of thing. But it would be nice to do one that's just about something I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. And that that Mm -hmm. really puts my heart in a much better place because instead mm. of focusing on um, a wish list for God mm-hmm. of things, I'm able to, to say thank you for the what I do have or thank you for the way that things are progressing or whatever mm-hmm. is going on. Um, so I do that. And then, you know, if I'm around the house, little things, I'm, I feel like I pray about some of the stupidest things, but I know they're not stupid. I mean, even mm-hmm. if it's, you know, mm-hmm. just keep my dishwasher going or, um, you know, I get in the car and help me to get where I'm going safely. And um, then, I, you know, I always pray for our family and our country and everything. So and then, I, like I said, it's just very conversational as I'm going throughout the day. And um, then before I go to bed, I always just, you know, thank God for allowing us to have a a blessed day and that we sleep peacefully. And and if it's his will for us to wake up tomorrow, though, everything that we do just glorifies him. I'm enjoying this so much, Jenny, finding out about your prayer life and family (laughs) and all that. But we've got to take a break. We'll be right back with the chat. with Jenny Devening and Jenny we were just talking about your prayer life are there any prayers that you pray specifically for yourself each day yes um, I I do pray that whatever I do that I will glorify the Lord and I also pray that my eyes will be open 
and my heart and my ears willing to hear and be available to people Mm -hmm. um, because I really want to make sure that I'm able to love others Mm -hmm. um, as well and be a light for the Lord because, I mean, that's why we're here. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So that would be the most intentional prayer I have for myself is Mm -hmm. just that whatever I do, I'm open to loving others. I, I am the light and I bring glory to God. You want to make an impact on others for Christ, don't you? Yes. Everything that comes, everything that comes from your mouth and everything you do, you want Christ to shine through you. Yes. If God could answer two prayers, only two prayers, Jenny, for you, what would those two prayers be? For me specifically? Yes. Okay. Um, One would be that through my life that I would make an impact for the kingdom of Mm. God. Mm. Um, I would hope that others would see something in me that they would want to know Mm. so that they could be led to the Lord. That would be my first prayer. Mm -hmm. Uh, My second prayer would be that in going through life, that I don't become preoccupied with what I would want, Mm. but that I would make sure that my family felt loved and knew that I, that I am there for them and available to them always. Because I don't want to neglect my family in the process of trying to do something Mm -hmm. great and glorifying. Mm -hmm. I feel like that would be losing what's really important to my heart. Mm -hmm. You just want to be others focused, don't you? Yes. (laughs) Family first. Yes. Certainly. But just on other people. What what an important prayer. I I wish I would pray that one more often Mm -hmm. myself that my life would just be a continued impact for Christ. Has Christ ever disappointed you in any area of your life? I wouldn't necessarily say disappointed me. Has he answered prayers differently than I wanted or thought that he would? Yes. Um, When our daughter had her son, Bo, he was nearly full term. He was 36 weeks and four days. Mm-hmm. Um, gestation. He was healthy. She had been in the day before um, for a routine doctor's appointment and everything was great. She went in that morning with her water broke and was progressing fine through labor. About 530 that evening, um, his heart rate dropped a couple times and um, through a series of unfortunate events, mm-hmm. there was no doctor to do anything about it. And so for another two hours, Bo was in distress and labor and by the time that he was delivered uh, by emergency C-section at 7.30, he was born not breathing and he was blue. So they did CPR on him for 45 minutes and um, they called Riley Hospital. They brought a helicopter down to the hospital that she delivered at and they told the kids that evening that they had a couple options. They could unhook him and let him pass in their arms there or they could go ahead and lifeline him to Riley, do some testing, and just see. But they really didn't expect for him to survive at all. So in that process, I remember that evening watching the helicopter lift off and thinking, this precious baby, that a day that started with emotions so exciting that we're going to be grandparents, he's coming. Mm-hmm. To suddenly, is he even going to make it through the night? Mm-hmm. And not knowing, I mean, that was heart-wrenching, but... I just remember I have such a strong faith that I thought 
it doesn't matter how this ends, Bo's still okay. Mm-hmm. So we watched him airlift off, and I prayed, and I was posting on Facebook, and I was reaching out to everybody to just please, please be lifting us up in prayer. I so wanted a Lazarus moment. I wanted that baby mm-hmm. just to breathe and come back to life and, and stay with us here. But at six days, it was obvious that wasn't going to be how things were going to turn out. So our kids had to make the tough decision to unhook their little boy from life support. And I figured in that moment, and I prayed, I was able to be there. I prayed, Lord, if if he's not going to live here, then I pray that he just goes quickly. And so we watched his little fingers and toes turn blue and then his little lips. And we, we said goodbye for now. But I knew that in that moment that Jesus had embraced him into the kingdom of heaven. And there's no better place to be. So although it's goodbye for now and it wasn't answered the way I had hoped, God is still so good because so many people were watching our family walk through that. And they reached out to us and told us, I can't believe the amazing faith that you are portraying in this situation. But I know that God is good regardless. Mm-hmm. So, You didn't get what you wanted, but your faith and trust is strong, yes. Jenny. Yes. And people got to witness that. And still today, what, 14 months, 16 months yes. later? Yes. And they're still watching you to sti- to see how you are still at this point handling that tragic event. Yes. Yeah. But your faith and trust is strong. That has to be encouraging for everyone watching and for those of you listening today to see that kind of faith and trust comes only from the Holy Spirit. Oh, and, my goodness, yes. Yeah. And through his word, through God's word. Yeah. Why well, want to talk about blessings now. Besides having to do with your family, what are the two greatest blessings God has bestowed upon you? As you think about those, how God has blessed you countless times in your life, what are two that come to mind that just are really strong on your mind? Um, I would say first and foremost that I I really love to write. Um, and the reason that's a blessing to me is because through that, I feel like, you know, words live beyond us. <laughs> so as I'm keeping these gratitude journals or different things, I'm thinking, you know, my daughter may find them someday when I am gone. Mm. My grand, Maybe they'll be passed down to my grandchildren. Maybe there are other platforms in the future that the Lord will lead me to to put words there that will have an impact for eternity for somebody else that may lead them to the Lord. Um, and, it, I mean, we all have a story. So how wonderful would it be just to think that even though I have a begin date and an end date here on earth, maybe what I do or what I write will have an impact beyond mm-hmm. my lifetime now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I, that's the first blessing I would say. The second blessing would be our business. Um, we have just been tremendously blessed. Um, you know, you're, you always have competition with whatever you're doing in business. There are other builders. There are other people out there doing what we do. But the Lord has just led us to the most wonderful clients and customers to work for. I mean, they are all like family to us. Um, so we could sit mm. down and have dinner with any mm. of them at any point. And it's just. It's wonderful to have those relationships. And through that, through our business doing well, 
we have then gone on and been able to uh, be a blessing to others, whether it be financially or even just to come alongside and pray with some of our customers. There was one that um, had cancer when we first met them, the wife did, and they had just found out, and it was like, are they going to move forward with the project? Are they not? Um, which would have been fine either way, but they did move forward with the project, and I remember praying with the husband there on his walkway. Um, so it's just Aww. been it's been wonderful to think how God just weaves people into our lives that otherwise we would have never known or never met. I can see the blessing in that, and I, I can see the blessing that you and Justin are oh. to so <laughs> many others. We try to be. I mean, that's what we're here for. It's not about... It's not about how much money we make. Mm -hmm. It's not about um, who has the biggest job. Mm -hmm. But when it comes down to it, it's about those people and wherever we are in, at life in that point and meeting each other and those needs. And it just becomes so much more than building a house mm -hmm. um, for somebody. I mean, it's, it really is just giving them a place that within those walls, they're going to make memories, but also coming alongside them and walking that path with them during that time. Mm -hmm. And like I said, whatever they may be going through, just we're able to, we, ne we never deny our, our faith or our, believe in Christ, our belief in Christ. So we're able to just be there and display that, even for subcontractors that we're working with. And, and a lot of them are not believers, but, but they enjoy being around us and enjoy being on our job. And a lot of times we're playing WYGS. And, <laughs> and so it's just those little snippets of time that, you know, they're being fed even though they don't know it necessarily. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the difference Christ makes in business owners' lives is that the Holy Spirit and how he brings people together in the life of all of us Christian women. Devotions plays a big part it is our rock that we turn to and take time out of our day to pray, to get into God's word, to listen to gospel music, several different things. Will you tell me what your devotion life looks like? Yes. So mine is a little bit different maybe from everybody else's. I kind of ebb and flow. Sometimes I actually read a devotional and sometimes I do not. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it's just as I'm reading my Bible, maybe there's a verse that just sticks with me for some reason. And I may write that down and just be meditating over that for a day or two. Um, and really just letting God open that up and reveal to me mm. what, what it means. Um, so, um, like I said, I've read devotionals in the past. Um, and sometimes I will be very consistent with that. And other mm -hmm. times I'm not because it's just, what is God speaking to me through his word sometimes? Mm -hmm. um, but I've read some by, I've read Embraced by Lisa Turkers. Um, I enjoyed that one. And then there's one called Front Porch. I don't remember the author of that. Um, but that was one that I also enjoyed reading. Um, I like ones that really are relatable and they're, they're everyday life. Um, mm -hmm. And they just help me to maybe see how even just in the simple things that Christ is still always there. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Of the Ten Commandments, which one is the hardest one for you to keep, Jenny? Oh, my. Let's, I would say idols. Um, and we don't always think of idols, 
like maybe they should be. I think sometimes we think, oh, I don't have any figure that I'm sitting there worshiping or different things. But actually, my husband and I had this discussion not too long ago <laughs> because he was he was actually thinking, well, nobody really worships idols anymore. I mean, we don't have a golden calf sitting in our living room. But I think we can come, we can become consumed with mm-hmm. other things that become an idol, mm-hmm. and whether that be self or um, even looking up to other people and trying to emulate how they are and everything they have and what they're doing. But I would say what I see the biggest thing now is I think self has become such a thing to be worshipped mm-hmm. in general um, because if if you look at a lot of the um, different news stories or articles that are out there on magazines and whatnot, it's always about how to be the fittest, your fittest self, how to make your diet perfect, how mm-hmm. to do this. But you know, we got to get outside of ourselves sometimes because that's we're not here to worship ourselves. We're here to love others. And so I think we just can come very preoccupied with that. And that would be probably my biggest commandment that I struggle with. Don't you think that an idol is anything, anything tangible or intangible that takes the place of God in our lives? Yes. Very much so, yes. And that's just exactly what you were describing. Yourself yes, can be an idol yes, as well. Mm-hmm. We've got to take another break, Jenny. Okay. We'll be right back with the chat. I'm chatting with Jenny Daphne. And we're getting ready to talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Okay, you ready for this, Jenny? I'm ready. (laughs) Okay, of the nine fruits of the Spirit, which one do you rate the highest in? If you were rating yourself, what would you? Uh, Definitely faithfulness. Mm. Um, That is one that I just, I have a very strong assurance. Uh, I don't feel like I really have any doubt with that at all. Um, And when things are not going well... That's what I really grasp and hold on to. So faithfulness Mm. for me would definitely be the one that I rank the highest in. And I can see, (laughs) I can see that, how that would be with you, Jenny. Yes. (laughs) Okay. What about the lowest? Patience. Surprise. (laughs) (laughs) I think just about everyone has said patience. Yes, yes. So, but the thing is with patience is that if we just wait, God's gifts are so much better than what we can do on our own. <laughs> so, True. Um, yes. I, what comes to mind is when Justin and I were, we lived in a little, in Freetown, a little town. And we, when we bought our house, we were going to live there for two years and then build. Mm. 23 years later, we still had not left. Um, and at that point I just kept thinking, oh, why is this not happening? You know, I was frustrated and we, we butted heads a lot in that process because Mm -hmm. I wanted to settle for just the next thing that came along. Mm -hmm. And Justin had a very clear picture in his head of what he wanted and he was not about to compromise. So Mm -hmm. that, that was the difficult time for us probably. Um, and then, you know, when, when the timing was right, when God said, mm-hmm. okay, mm-hmm. everything just kind of unfolded. And it's, we live in a place now that's much better than I would have ever dreamed that we would live. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, but I'm still learning. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so, Do you have a life first? I do. Um, and it may not, it may be one that 
some women don't necessarily like in the Bible, but um, my life verse is Titus 2, mm -hmm. verses 3 through 5. And what that is is that the older women should be uh, reverent in behavior, that they should not be slanders, that they should not be given to too much wine, that they would be teachers of good things so that they can teach the younger women to love their husbands, love their children, to be discreet, chaste, to be keepers of, of the home, to be good and obedient to their husbands so that the word of the Lord would not be blasphemed. Um, and that's a lot to pack in those verses there. But that just, to me, it's very foundational as to who I am as a woman and what my purposes are. And uh, like I've said before, family is, is very much at my heart. So mm -hmm. to me, that just has a lot of value in there. And so all the decisions I make, I think, are pretty much based on, does that allow me to live up to or to aspire to be that type of woman? Because um, part of that is older women teaching the younger women. Obviously, our daughter's grown now, so I am becoming one of those older women. And um, people are always watching us and taking in what our character is. So that, it, to me, is what I want to represent. And that just is a very important life first for me and you know it should be important for all of us women yes it should be yeah mm -hmm, mm -hmm. are you reading a certain book of the bible now or what what are you doing for bible study so what i do um i usually start at genesis work my way all the way through revelation and then i start over so i have just recently started back in genesis again um so the last uh book or the last section i was in was when um uh sarah was promised the baby and had, and got impatient and, mm -hmm. and sent her husband to uh, Hagar, her maid. So mm -hmm. you know, see, that's teaching me patience too. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> right. Whether we always want it to right. or not. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we can mess it up when we take things in our own hands. So. Yes, for sure. For sure. Can you tell us two of your favorite biblical accounts? Uh, yes. So the first one would be the, in the creation account, um, Adam and Eve when Eve listens to the serpent and takes a bite of that apple. And some people may think, well, why would that be a, a biblical account that you like? But to me, that shows the power of a woman's influence mm. upon her husband and, and those that are within her family. Um, I think sometimes we get so busy as women trying to fight for our rights and what we want and that type of thing that we forget the influence that we do have, mm -hmm. whether that be for good or bad. So that would be one that just really um, impacts me in the fact that the decisions I make, the things that I'm saying and doing, they can influence the people that I love the most mm -hmm. and that are closest to me. Mm -hmm. That would be the first one. The second one, Bible story, that would be my favorite is Daniel in the lion's den. Mm. Um, the reason being is, can you imagine the kind of faith that that took yeah. to walk into that fiery furnace, um, not give in to bowing down? And um, just knowing that regardless of the outcome, he took that step and went in there. And so to me, that's, that's very much how I want to live life, is I just want to live with a faithfulness that says, I'm not going to compromise my convictions and my beliefs. I am just going to stand strong in my faith, regardless of whether, um, whether I get burned in a fiery furnace or not, because mm -hmm. 
-hmm. I know that ultimately I'm going to a place that's much better than anything here. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Those are two really good accounts. Yes. I haven't heard anyone talk about those lately. Oh. Two of your favorite biblical women. Oh, my. So, again, I would go back to uh, Esther would mm-hmm. be one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's because of the influence she was able to have for her people. Um, you know, she was put in a position that um, she was one among many of the women there, yet she was favored. And because of that, she was able to influence the king and save her people. Um, so again, that just tells me that as women, we do have tremendous influence um, over those around us. Um, so that just makes me very aware that I want to live in a way that is being a light to Christ and is bringing glory to Christ and being very conscious of my decisions and what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, for the second one, probably Naomi and Ruth. Mm -hmm. Um, Because again, that's another faith story. I mean, to, to lose everything and then follow your mother-in-law into a place that you're not familiar with. Um, that's leaving everything that you've ever known. And so, again, that's kind of like the Daniel in the lion's den, they are in the, um, yeah, in the lion's den. It's just such a faith story to me that to step out and to trust. Mm, mm. Well, let's get into mentoring now. Have you had at least one mentor in your life? You know, I have not. Not in the traditional sense. Um, so normally you would think a mentor is somebody that you meet with maybe from time to time and um, has some influence over you. So I have not had a mentor in that way. But I would say that I have had mentors in that there are women that have come into my life or crossed paths with my life that I that I watch from a distance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I see how they are living life. And it is too specifically and they're different. I mean, it's not like they're living the same types of lives, but I'm, there's just pieces and parts of them that just really speak to me and have really shaped the way that I want to live as well. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that mentors can happen at a distance. Yes. That it doesn't have to be someone who meets with you all the time or often or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I know some pastors to me have been mentors and they have no idea. Oh, yes. yes. Yeah. And that's very much my experience mm-hmm. is, you know, like mm-hmm. I said, from a distance, just me watching and, and seeing how they're living their lives has made an impact on me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So h- how important is that? Yes. That's yeah. just as important as physically meeting with someone yes, you think i do yes i do and that's why we need to be very aware of, mm-hmm. of how we are living mm-hmm. <laughs> we never oh. know who's watching us oh yeah oh yeah. yeah have you ever mentored anyone i don't know that i have um <clears throat> but i would say um just through the loss of our grandson and the things that i posted on facebook that made me very aware too that people are always watching us mm-hmm. um Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I've mentored anyone specifically, but I'm sure that there are people who are also watching to see how I live my life and what my decisions are and am I compromising my beliefs or character. And, and um, those are very important things to always be aware of, I think, as we go out day to day. Let's get into struggles now. We all have struggles. And you were earlier talking about your grandson who only lived six days. 
that had to have been tremendously and still today has to be tremendously difficult for you. Have there been any other struggles in your life? Um, There have. So um, I won't be really specific about it, but our business in 2017 or 2018, I don't recall the exact timeline. um, I was saying that Justin and I have always been blessed to have wonderful customers and clients. Well, we had a particular couple come to us and um, they wanted to build a, a rather large home. And we were in the process of walking through that with him, and it got down to the point where it was time for them to put a down payment down. And they just kind of looked at us and said, well, we just thought the bank would take care of all that. And so that was kind of red flag number one. But Justin and I, being the people that we are, just kind of put that on the back burner and move forward. Well, it became evident that they weren't going to be able to build the house that we were walking through this process with them. Um, So they decided they were just going to do some remediation on their current house, which had some pretty significant issues to deal with. So in that process, there were multiple people working on the job. Um, Some of them were family members of theirs. And when those family members didn't make the the best decision and their work faulted, they pinned that on our business. Mm. Um, So we came under attack and it was just, it was nothing we had ever experienced before. And it's like, how do you walk through this? And you start to have concerns and worry about, oh, our reputation, what are people going to think and whatnot. But um, again, it was one of those things where, you know, the Bible says to pray for your enemies and that's not Mm -hmm. always so easy to do. Mm -hmm. But that's what we did because we just thought, you know, this, I think it ended up being a product of their situation. They were in, they weren't financially able to get what they wanted. And by trying to, trying to get themselves to a point where they could have what they wanted, even though they couldn't necessarily afford it, we became just an obstacle in their way. Mm. So, but we prayed for them to be financially blessed and we prayed for them to just, you know, through this to come to know Jesus, if, if that's what this took, then that was fine with us. And we just trusted that God would allow our reputation to be upheld and that the truth would, you know, a light would be shined on the truth of all of this. And it was, I mean, amazingly so, even though it was a tumultuous couple of years to kind of walk through when your business and your livelihood is essentially under attack and you're not sure how things are going to pan out. Um, we just knew that we had no other option to, that to trust God and to just keep praying and do what his word says. So that's what we did. Um, and, you know, I haven't seen these people since then, but I have, I have heard that they are in a better position mm. than where they were. So mm. I just play praise and glory to God for that because I don't know what their story will be on the other side of this, but if they are in a better place, mm. then that's wonderful. And, and we were upheld. God still upheld us and our business through all of that. God was faithful, wasn't yes, he? Yes, he was. Yes, he was. Were there any scriptures that you can think of as you look back at that time that God put to the forefront of your mind? You know, I don't recall any scriptures. I remember um, I said earlier in, when we were chatting that I get up in the mornings and I pray before, before anybody else in the house is up. And I do remember vividly just, Every morning, I would kind of scratch a little prayer on my on a notepad um, that the Lord would just, you know, keep our reputation intact, let the let the truth to be known, and to also bless our enemies. 
Hmm. in this situation and I would tuck that into our Bible I mean day after day after day Hmm. for almost a year and a half I did that just Mm -hmm. just knowing that okay I've written it down that just made it tangible to me Hmm. and then put it in my Bible because then it was in the word of God and I could just trust that I handed this off Mm -hmm. that was just kind of my physical act of doing that Um, so I don't have any specific scriptures but that was just how I processed through that time to see how God worked in your life and how he in a sense purified you and justin you oh, know yes. he was using you and cleansing you and making you more like christ through that very difficult situation yes. i mean we learn we definitely learn discernment through it mm-hmm. um and to not be always so trusting and to remember that we do live in a fallen world um yeah. so those were good lessons for us to learn. And on the outside, on the back end of this, we have been blessed beyond that anything mm. we could have imagined. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's God. Yes, that's, that's God. definitely God. We have to take a break. I don't want to have to <laughs> break right now because you are so... Christ just just flows out of you, Jenny, as you're oh. talking. But a time for a break is now, so... <laughs> We'll be right back with the child. The Savior is near. I'm stepping out. I'm stepping out out of the boat. I'm back with Jenny Devening. And Jenny, I want to ask you, through this struggle, and I guess we could say just struggles, period, in your life, is there a song that God has laid upon your heart that ministered to you, but will also minister to our listeners today. Yes. So I would say most specifically when we lost our grandson, Bo, um, that the song that just kind of kept popping up on the radio or whatever we were playing was by Ann Wilson. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Um, And one of the lines in there is, are you past the point of weary? Mm -hmm. And at that time, that's how we felt. We Mm -hmm. were, our emotions had just been all over the place and we were past the point of weary. So, and it goes on to tell to tell about Jesus, how he meets you wherever you are. And, and that's what is important in life is that we have, we have a faith in, in a Christ that's beyond anything we're experiencing or walking through. Let's listen to my Jesus. Are you past the point of weary? Is your burden weighing heavy? Is it all too much to carry? Let me tell you about my Jesus. Do you feel that empty feeling? Cause shame's done all it's stealing And you're desperate for some healing Let me tell you about my Jesus He makes a way where there ain't no way
guilty who would care that much about me let me tell you about my jesus oh he makes a way where there ain't no Some of the words of this song say this. He makes a way where there ain't no way, rises up from an empty grave. Ain't no sinner that he can't save. Let me tell you about my Jesus. His love is strong and his grace is free. And the good news is that I know that he can do for you what he's done for me. Let me tell you about my Jesus. Jenny, praise God for this powerful truth. Thank you for sharing this song with us today. I'd like to give you a couple of minutes, Jenny, to, is there anything that God has laid on your heart that he wants you to share with our listeners? Well, I would, um, the thing that I think is on my heart is faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. If we don't reach out to other people and show them the love of Christ or have compassion and meet them where they are, then I think we've missed an opportunity to gather more people for his kingdom Mm. that can also go on to be a blessing to others and have an impact for Christ because they will have a story to tell too. Um, So to me, I would say that each and every day, I think it's really important to go out and Pray that your eyes are open. Pray that your heart is open. Pray that your ears are open. Um, I can't tell you how many times I've been in the store and I just happen to look up and smile at somebody, whether it be the greeter at Walmart or someone, and and actually acknowledge them because so many people walk in and just don't say anything. And there have been times that I will say, how are you today? And they'll just suddenly pour out their heart to me. And in that moment, I think they just want to be heard. They just They want somebody to come alongside them and they want to feel important too. Mm. And uh, so I think that's just, that's what I would say is that just make sure that you're living every day showing love to those around you. So important. We never know who needs that special smile or just a few kind words and how that will encourage them and help them. Like you're saying, you know, in the grocery store. Uh, I was just thinking about paying taxes downtown, uh, yes. in line paying taxes. I don't know about that one. Right. Yep. Well, you never know. You can meet somebody anywhere. That's right. That's right. Will you pray with us? I will, yes. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for the blessing of the chat, and we just thank you that we're able to come together and enjoy this time 
of fellowship and reach out to the listeners. And we just pray that whatever we have said today, that maybe maybe it was something that somebody needed to hear that will make an impact in their life, Lord. And, and we pray that as these women and men or anybody listening out there, we just pray that we would keep you in the center of our lives, in our heart, that we would live out your will for us, Lord, and that we would, like I said, keep our eyes open, our ears open, our hearts open to love others, Lord. And we just pray that we are a light for you, and we pray that we bring glory to you in all that we do. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Thank you for coming today and chatting with me, Jenny. It's been great hearing about your, what your relationship with Jesus looks like. You've been such a blessing, and I can't wait to hear the results or those who hear this podcast or this radio on radio show that, about how it has blessed them and has impacted them. Thank you, Nida. I really appreciate you asking me to do this with you. You are welcome. And thank you, listeners. I've appreciated your tuning in to the chat today. I look forward to future times when we can once again sit and have a chat. The boat, for the Savior is near, I'm standing.